0: Maddie Ridgway. For those of you I have not met, I am normally not up here on a Sunday morning. Uh, I am the director of student and young adult ministries here at Paoli. Uh, I've been working here for a few years, but have been full-time since last August, um, and transitioning to a full-time job in the midst of a pandemic has not been easy, but I have found so much joy in walking alongside our students and young people. Uh, growing, learning, stretching in so many ways. And I'm so thankful to all of you that have walked alongside us in that process and prayed for us. Um, That is truly a blessing. Today we are continuing our look at biblical stories, traveling with people up hills and in valleys, as well as metaphorical ones in their lives, and how it relates to us today. Today we're walking through the Valley of Breakthrough, And we're going to look at how David's actions and relationship with God led him to the breakthrough of becoming king of Israel and finding favor with God. So let's take a look back at David's early life. He was a lowly shepherd boy who was the youngest of his family and most likely spent a lot of time alone. The prophet Samuel secretly anointed him uh, and he was probably not much older than many of our students at that time. When we read about David, we see characteristics of a boy who had humility and a radical reliance on God. He was a versatile person who uh, was a great musician and would play for King Saul in the midst of depressive episodes. A few chapters later, we find him fighting a giant And after defeating Goliath, he goes on to lead a successful military. When Saul realizes he would be in line to be king next, uh, he became enraged with jealousy towards David. And he sought out to kill him. When David realized this, he went into hiding and calls on the Lord for his protection. Saul ends up dying at the hands of the Philistines. And it is here where we pick up our scripture reading for today. We'll be reading from the book of 2 Samuel chapter 5, verse 1 through 5, and 17 through 21. Let's read together. Then all the tribes of Israel came to David at Hebron and said, Look, we are your bone and flesh. For some time while Saul was king over us, it was you who led out Israel and brought it in. The Lord said to you, It is you who shall be shepherd of my people Israel, you who shall be ruler over Israel. So all of the elders of Israel came to the king at Hebron, and King David made a covenant with them at Hebron before the Lord. And they anointed David king over Israel. David was 30 years old when he began to reign, and reigned for 40 years. At Hebron he reigned over Judah seven years and six months, And at Jerusalem, he reigned over all Israel and Judah thirty-three years. Skipping to verse 17, when the Philistines heard that David had been anointed king over Israel, all the Philistines went up in search of David. But David heard about it and went down to the stronghold. Now the Philistines had come and spread out in the valley of Raphim. David inquired of the Lord, shall I go up against the Philistines? will you give them into my hand? The Lord said to David, go up, for I will certainly give the Philistines into your hands. So David came to Baal-Perazim and David defeated them there. He said, the Lord has burst forth against my enemies before me like a bursting flood. Therefore, the place is called Baal-Perazim. The Philistines abandoned their idols there and David and his men carried them away. The first physical location that is mentioned here in scripture is Hebron. This is where David becomes king. Hebron is located about 3,000 feet above sea level, and because of its mountainous terrain, it makes it a really easy place to defend and a really difficult place to conquer. It isn't until David moves the capital city to Jerusalem that the Philistines come to attack. I believe that God kept them in a safe place until it was the right time for them to move and feel the pressure from these outside forces. As I read through these scriptures, I saw a natural flow of how David reacted in this time of breakthrough. And I'd like for us to follow through that with him this morning. First, David looks back at what God has done before. And he looks at what God has provided for him in the past. Then, He communes with God in the midst of it, and last, he steps boldly into the future, going where God calls, not knowing what's on the other side. So first, we're going to look back at what God has done. In verse 2, we read, "'For some time while Saul was king over us, it was you who led out Israel and brought it in. The Lord said to you, "'It is you who shall be shepherd of my people Israel.'" You shall be ruler over Israel. The people reminded David in the ways that he was capable to do what God called him to do. They reflected on the past together. And I think it's important for us in the midst of transition and breakthrough in our lives to look back at the ways that God has already been working. In many ways, God might have already closed a door on relationships, opportunities, jobs that we might have missed. It can be so easy for us to go through life on autopilot. I know I cannot be the only person who has gotten in a car on my way home from work or to work or wherever, and somewhere in the midst of that drive, your brain switches to autopilot, and you get to a red light or a location or your destination, and you think, how did I get here? Right? Please tell me I can't be the only one. But when you think back, you realize you had to put the work in to get there, right? Your body had to be going through the motions to get you safely to that location. And it's only when we get there that we can look back and realize that we've done the work. It's healthy for us to look back at what God has done in our lives and circumstances, as well as what God has done in the life of others that have affected us. Who in your community has led you to where you are now? Whose breakthrough can we reflect on? Not to compare, but to learn and to grow from. Seeing what God has done in the past can give us a clearer vision for our future. After we sense what God has done, we can move on to the point where we stand with God in communion with him. Verse 17 says, When the Philistines heard that David had been anointed king over Israel, all the Philistines went in search of David. But David heard about it and went down to the stronghold. Because David is a military leader, for him the stronghold would have been most likely uh, a physical location that would have uh, protected him from his enemies. But he also felt safe with God in this place. A stronghold can be where we find peace with God, a place where we can call out and be in communion with God. It might be a physical location, it might be a place that we go to in our minds, but it's here where we garner the strength to do what God has called us to do. David asked God very pointed questions in this place. Now, I am a bit of a worrier. I worry about things that might happen, that will happen, that might not happen, and like definitely will not happen. And I'm fully preaching this to myself when I say that worrying will get me, us, nowhere. And if I spent the amount of time worrying as I did giving it to God and asking God those questions, I will see that it will might, maybe come to fruition. Meeting God in the stronghold gives us the opportunity to ask God what we need boldly in the midst of our breakthrough. Which brings us to our last transition. The last step of David's breakthrough, and I'm sure we've all heard this as well, is the call to go. In verse 19, God tells David to go. And fortunately for David, he gets a pretty clear understanding about what's ahead. God says, For surely I will deliver the Philistines into your hands. David is told that God will provide but first he is told to go. David honors God and rejoices in the moment by naming the place Baal Perazim, in other words, God of the breakthrough. In the same way, God calls us to go even when we don't see the other side of the promise. The part of the promise we do know is that God will surely deliver. If we stay rooted in where we are, And do not take that call, we will not see what God has in store for us. I believe that our capital campaign is our call to go. We've looked back at what God has done in the midst of our church for decades. We communed with God and asked God what we should do, and now we're taking the step to go. We don't know what's on the other side, but we know that God will provide. and I believe that God will have something in store for us. I would be amiss if I didn't mention, though, that although God calls us to go, sometimes the other side isn't what we expect it to be, and not what we hoped for. We might not have gotten the job. We might not have had that fulfilled relationship. The illness might not have been healed. But God offers us a breakthrough that we can all receive, I want to read to you a scripture from Philippians chapter 3 verse 17 through 21. Brothers and sisters, join me in imitating and observe those who live according to the example you have for us. For many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. I have often told you of them, and now I tell you even with tears, their end is destruction, their god is the belly and their glory is in their shame. But their minds are set on earthly things, but our citizenship is in heaven, and it is from there that we are expecting a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. He will transform the body of our humiliation that it may be conformed to the body of his glory by the power that also enables him to make all things subject to himself. I want to read verse 20 one more time. But our citizenship is in heaven, and it is from there we are expecting a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Our God is a God of breakthroughs. God took on the flesh of a human baby and broke through into our world. Jesus broke into the hearts of all kinds of people that we read in the New Testament. And then after dying on the cross, Jesus broke through the realm of death and destruction and covered our sins. And for that, we are offered the breakthrough of all breakthroughs, and that is eternity with our Savior in heaven. No matter what happens here in our earthly lives, that eternity is our ultimate breakthrough, and I think that is a beautiful thing. I fully believe that I stand in front of you all this morning because of a breakthrough that I did not necessarily want in life. I had interned at a place in Pittsburgh throughout my years in college and after graduating college took a full time job there. I thought it would be the place I would retire from. I wanted to be fully rooted there forever. It was about three months into that full-time job that I knew I needed to leave. If I wanted to do ministry for the rest of my life, I needed to get out as soon as possible. It was clear that God was calling me back to Philadelphia, uh, but I had no idea what God would provide. And I had to take a few more months of time and prayer to do exactly what we talked about this morning, to look back in the ways that God had provided for me here as a college student. To be with God in the midst of it saying, I have no idea what is ahead. And then to come back here boldly knowing that God would have a plan, even though I had little sense of what a job, a housing, community would look like. And I'm sure many of you have stories about how you have felt God breaking through into your lives When we are reunited with Christ, there will be no need to look back at what we desire, and no need to look ahead to what we desire, because we will have already attained what our hearts desire, and we will forever be in communion with God. Let us pray. God of our breakthrough, I thank you for being exactly what we need when we need it. We thank you for coming before us, showing us what breakthrough looks like, spending time in communion with us, and going boldly ahead of us, paving the way. I thank you for the ways that you have broken through in our lives before and will continue to in the future. Lord, I want to pray specifically for Vacation Bible School this morning, as we prepare for that this upcoming week, that you would break through the hearts of those students, children, leaders, teachers, everyone who will be in our walls and outside of them this week. Lord, we pray that you would surround them with your love and with your grace and your mercy so that very quickly, on they know how deeply loved and tangible you, how deeply loving and tangible you are to them. We pray that uh, you keep our leaders and our children safe over the week and healthy, so that uh, they can continue to fulfill the mission that you have called them to do, Lord. And just continue to pour your love over these children. We thank you for their laughter and their joy. We thank you for the ways that you have already shown yourself to them before they even step into these walls. Lord. I pray for our capital campaign as we uh, are moving closer to what that looks like and breaking ground so soon that you would just be uh, in the midst of all of those conversations and the um, the hearts of those who will be in our space, transforming it. Lord, we thank you that you have put that word on our hearts for this campaign, that we can continue to transform this place and our hearts for what you've called us to do. We pray that as the building changes and grows, that we would see the breakthrough that you have called us for. Lord, I thank you for the body of believers that... Um, are in this space, this community, and our world. And I pray that you continue to bring peace to all of your creation. Lord, I thank you for what you do in our lives, and I thank you for the ways that you will continue to make yourself known to us. I thank you for this body of believers that... um, we can come together and recite the words that you have taught your disciples to pray saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Before we sing this last song, uh, I asked the band if they could specifically play this song this morning. Uh, it's meaningful to me, and I learned about it and heard it for the first time before I knew this breakthrough was going to be a breakthrough. Um, in this job in Pittsburgh, we, I was working with some high school students in a choir one night, and. Um, they started to learn this song and I had never heard it but the words really stuck with me and so I listened to it and I you know just kept it in the back of my head reminding myself of the words and as I continued my way back to Philadelphia took my part-time job teaching dance at the Salvation Army there was a group of us um, from the whole eastern territory that got together for like an arts retreat um, I did not know anyone I was going with a staff of people that I had no relationship with, didn't know, didn't really wanna go, honestly. I had no idea what was in store. The first night we got there, we had an evening of worship and this was one of the first songs that was played and it came full circle to me. God provided in that time before I knew what God had in store for me ahead. And so I pray as we sing these words together this morning, that as you are going through whatever time of breakthrough, that you would be reminded that God is a way maker